Parashas we learn about a number of mitzvahs which seem to be in a category of their own. What do I mean by that? Normally, we have a rule, a general principle, which the Gemara teaches us, that mitzvahs are to be done in this world. Hayoyim, this lifetime is la'asosam, and of course there's a reward for mitzvahs. But that reward is stored for us in Olam Abba. We don't expect to be rewarded for the mitzvahs we do in this world. We know HaKadosh Baruch rewards us amply for that in Olam Abba. A much bigger reward. And of course, sometimes it means a person has to invest. It means a person has to spend time, money, life, whatever it's going to be in this world in order to do mitzvahs. And it accrues to their benefits. It goes to their merits in Olam Abba. That's the general principle that we always know. And if sometimes mitzvahs cost us money, a person has to buy a pair of tefillin, he has to buy aluminium, so then it's true. He's invested money in doing a mitzvah, and he knows that it's in his heavenly bank account, that money is going, that mitzvah is going to remain to his eternal merit. And yet, we find there are a number of mitzvahs which seem to fall into a different category. And that needs understanding. There's some mitzvahs where besides for the reward that a person is going to get for doing the mitzvah in, this, in the world to come, there's also a guarantee that what they spent on doing the mitzvah in this world is going to be repaid to them. And we need to understand why that's the case. We understand that this world, we're not expecting to be rewarded. And if a person has to spend on doing a mitzvah, that's the investment. So why would there be a category of mitzvahs that Hashem doesn't just promise a reward in the world to come, He also promises that the amount that a person spent on doing the mitzvah in this world will be returned to them. And what's the rule? Which mitzvahs are in this category? So let's give the examples. This is a famous example in this week's Pashas the mitzvah of Tzedakah. And we know that stock is a tremendous narrative and of course a person is going to benefit from that in the world to come. But we also know that the Pasuk tells us that the money that a person gives to stock is a guarantee for wealth. Aser to Aser, the Pasuk says, and on that Chazal learn, Aser b'shvil shetis asher. Give maestas so that you should become wealthy. So it's not just the reward in the future for tzedakah, it's that what a person spends on doing tzedakah and giving charity in this world, they're not going to lose money from this, it will be returned to them. Similarly, there's a mitzvah of spending money on providing food for Shabbos and Yom Tov. And of course, there's a reward in Olam above for celebrating and enjoying Shabbos and Yom Tov. And on that, the Gemara tells us in Beitzah, that The amount of money that a person makes, the amount of money that a person spends, is all determined on Rosh Hashanah. A person can't change that. 
we can't make more. It's all been decided. Except for the amount of money that he spends on Shabbos and Yantif meals. Why? Because that money is going to be returned to him. So here we see another example of money that a person in, is, spends on doing a mitzvah. And it's not just the reward of the future, but he's going to be repaid in this world too. And in the same Gemara, there's a third category. And that is, and the money that a person spends on teaching his children Torah. That money isn't part of the person's cheshman. What a person spends on his children's Torah education, Hashem replaces that money in this world besides for the merit of the world to come. So, so far we've seen three mitzvahs. Giving tzedakah, celebrating Shabbos and Yom Tov, and spending money on teaching one's children Torah. There's a fourth mitzvah also, and this is a more interesting one. The Gemara says in Bavakam and Beis that there's a concept called Hidur Mitzvah, which means a person could get by by doing the minimum requirements to be Yetzir the Mitzvah, and he's fulfilled the very bare bones, so to speak, obligation. Or a person could do more in order to do the Mitzvah in a better way. And on that, the Gemara wants to know how much extra is a person expected to spend in order to make the mitzvah more beautiful, in order to do the mitzvah in a better fashion. And the Gemara's answer is Hidur Mitzvah Achlish, which means a person has to spend an extra third of the value in order to do the mitzvah better. So, for example, if I could buy an esrog for 200 shekels. And I'm showing a nicer esrog for 300 shekels, so it's a third more, the extra 100 shekels of 300. And therefore the halacha would be, I'd be mechuyev to spend 300 shekels for the more beautiful esrog, and not just 200 for the more plain esrog. And if I would find the esrog, one is 200 shekels, which is kosher, and a beautiful esrog is going to be 400 shekels, so then I'm not mechuyev to spend that, because that's more than the amounts that the Torah requires me to spend in the Hidur Mitzvah. I'm to spend a third, I don't know, I'm not obligated to spend more than that. And now listen to something amazing. That same Gemara in Bavakama says, Tano Abimadnesa, we have a Brisa, and the Brisa says that Ajlish Mishaloi. Until the third, which means the amount that he's obligated to pay, that's Mishaloi. That's coming off his account. And he's going to be rewarded for doing the mitzvah, but he's going to have to, so to speak, pay for it as well. Says Rashi, because The reward that a person is going to get for doing a mitzvah, and for sure for doing a more beautiful mitzvah, isn't something that is going to cost him money in this world. It's going to be paid back in this world, he'll have to pay for it in this world. So that is Mishalai. Which means when a person spends more than a third, which he isn't obligated to do. That was beyond what the Torah obligated. Mishael HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rashi says, Hashem will pay him back the money. And we need to understand what that means. Why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu pay back money in this world for a Hidur Mitzvah, which is beyond the requirements of Hidur Mitzvah, which is more than what's expected of the person? So those are the examples that I thought I could find of this concept of Hashem not just paying back reward in Olam Abba, 
but also so as we're compensating the person for the money they spent on doing the mitzvah in Olamazeh. What's the reason for this? So the way I understand is like this. And that is that let's start with the mushroom. And my marshal is going to be of a person who's employed in a business. And as an employee, he gets a salary at the end of the month. And he can expect that every day he's going to work. And when he finishes the month, he'll get his paycheck paid to him for the good work that he's done. But now let's say during the course of the month, a certain business deal comes up. Something that this man knows his boss very much would want to have. And he is the one who happens to be in the store at the time. The boss isn't there. So he says, you know what? I'm going to put my own money into this because I'm going to buy it from my boss's behalf because I know this is something that he wants. So in a case like that, he spends his money and he would buy the merchandise that he knows his boss wants to have. So I'll ask you a question. If at the end of the day, you would say to the boss, look, this is what I bought for you, this is how much I spent for it. Could he expect to be paid back now? Or would the boss be able to say, okay, you get your salary at the end of the month, I'll pay you at the end of the month. I think you'll all agree with me that you can say, and this is quite fair to say, that it's not the same thing. When you, what I'm working, so to speak, for my salary, I get at the end of the month. But this was something that I invested on your behalf. And if it's something that I invested on your behalf, so then I'm expecting to be paid back now. This wasn't my salary. I wasn't doing this for me to make money at, in the future. This I was doing for you. And if it's something that I was doing for you, then I think it's that I, I should be compensated, so to speak, what I outlet on your behalf right now. That's the, I think, the logical way to look at it. And if that's the principle, Rabbi said, then that's what I want to understand here as well by mitzvahs. And that is that there are mitzvahs which a person does because Hashem is mitzvah him. And of course, he's, this is his Olam This is he's working on to get his Olam But there's other mitzvahs as well. And that's the second category. It's the category of those mitzvahs that a person, so to speak, isn't doing on his behalf to get rewarded. But now he's acting, so to speak, as Hashem's agent. Because there's certain duties, there's certain functions that a person can do, which is really doing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's job in this world. And when it comes to that, then a person could rightly say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this wasn't just what I'm doing for myself to get schar. This is something that I'm doing your job. And if that's the case, if I'm investing money, I'm paying to do your job, so that's not just a question of reward. That's something, so to speak, one could say, he outlaid in Hashem's behalf. So let's get some examples of that. The first one I want to talk about is 
Let's look at the first mitzvah we spoke about. The mitzvah of teaching one's children Torah. And really there's a principle here we've mentioned many times in the Chinuch Vadim also. And that is the person's responsibility to teach his children. It's not really it's his children that he's a mukhiv to teach. One has to understand the principle of Chinuch is that really it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children. It's the Shamas of the next generation of Klai Yisrael which he's given us, his parents, the responsibility to bring up to serve him. And really, if we're bringing up our children as learning the Torah, as people who are learning the Torah and keeping the mitzvahs, so we can say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're doing your job. You've entrusted us with the, so to speak, the schus, the privilege, the mission of bringing up Jewish neshamas to serve Hashem. Really, that's a job which, so to speak, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's prerogative. It's for him that we bring up the next generation of those who learn Torah and keep the mitzvahs. And if that's the case, so then we could say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're doing this for you. And if what we're doing is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then it's not just the schar for what we're doing, for the action, for the time, for the effort, for the... The, all the kaychas, all the effort which goes into bringing up children. But when I can say that HaKadosh Baruch what we outlaid, so to speak, we do this on your behalf. And that's the principle. There's a difference between mitzvahs, which a person does those mitzvahs, so to speak, for their own reward, for their own heavenly accounts, and that Hashem will pay back in Shemai. And if it's going to come at an expense of what a person has to spend in the midst of this world, it's an investment which is going to be amply rewarded. Whereas if a person is doing a Kaddish Baruch Hu's job, so to speak, then it's a different story. This is something Hashem is doing, a person is doing, which Hashem should be doing. And if that's the case, so then what a person outlays isn't reward. It falls into a different category. And that's why it gets rewarded here. Let's give the second example, Tzedakah. We know the famous argument between Tarnas Rufus and Rabbi Akiva in the Gemara. And Tarnas Rufus was really voicing the mindset, the worldview of the Romans. And that was a person who was poor, a person who was suffering. So it had been decreed by the gods that this person should be poor and should suffer. And if that's the case, we don't want to meddle with whatever the gods wanted and to help a person who's in need to feed the person who's hungry is angering the gods. That was the Roman philosophy. And that's what he presents to Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva says it's exactly the opposite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants everybody to have food. V'racham of Hashem feels mercy in everything. Hashem feeds everybody. So why doesn't he distribute wealth evenly? Why are there some people who are hungry and other people who have so much? Says Rabbi Akiva, it's only in order to enable the wealthy to do what Hashem wants of feeding the poor. But if that's the case, the extra money that the wealthy man has isn't meant to be looked at as this is my resources and I'm choosing to share them. That's a mistake. If Hashem gave you more than you need for yourself and you have a neighbor who's hungry, who he doesn't have his basic necessities, then think that the extra Hashem gave you is really his so to speak, uh, allotment, his portion. And 
if I'm going to feed my hungry neighbor, my hungry friends, so I'm really acting on Hashem's behalf. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who takes responsibility to feed every living thing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who is Pesach HaSodech Umasbir Lechol Chayratzen. And if I've been given the opportunity, so to speak, to do his job, by using the resources he's given me to feed the hungry, to help the poor. So it's not just the mitzvah I'm doing for my merit. Rather, I can say, HaKadosh Baruch I'm doing your job. And if I'm out laying money, so to speak, to look after your children, so then that's something also which gets repaid in this world. The money a person spends on stocker is returned to them. If a person is not to give myself to tithe their earnings and their profits, so the money that they outlay will be money which they get back in this world too. And that brings us to the third example. The third example we said was money that a person spends on Shabbos and on Yom Tafir. Let's talk about Shabbos first. Because really, Shabbos is not a day of significance to us as Klal Yisrael because of an event which happened to us, the Jewish people. Shabbos is significant to us because that's the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rejoiced when He finished creating the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the opportunity to share that enjoyment that He had, that, that Menucha He had when He finished creating the world, and we can share that simple with Him. And if that's the case, the money that we spend on Shabbos and Yom Tif, and Hashem says, Bonai, my children, spend the money, I'll pay you back. That's really because we're doing this to celebrate with Hashem. And by offering to foot the bill, so to speak, to pick up the tab for our expenses, that's really that HaKadosh Baruch was paying for the food, which any Baal Simcha does. If I'm making a Simcha, and I want guests to celebrate with me, to partake of the Simcha, so I'm going to pay for their food. And if Hashem wants us to join Him in celebrating Shabbos, because that's Hashem's day of, of Menucha, Hashem's day of Oinek, so then of course He's going to pay for us to participate. And therefore the money we outlay on Shabbos, of course we're going to get rewarded for the mitzvah of Oinek Shabbos, but the money that we outlay for it is really Hashem's expense. We're doing this to enjoy the celebration with Him. And the same thing applies to Yom Tov. Yom Tovim are those days where there's a, there's a connection of the celebration which connects the Jewish people and HaKadosh Baruch And if HaKadosh Baruch was inviting us to celebrate with Him as it were, so then we guessed at His table. And if, the, if that's the case, then he's going, to, he's going to pay for us. He's going to treat us. He's going to be the one to be the host and invite us. And therefore we've seen in all these examples that the principle when HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays a person back in this world is because they're doing something on his behalf. And Hashem doesn't remain obligated. If a person outlays on his behalf, he's going to pay him back here. That's besides for the reward that he's going to get for what he didn't know the member. And that brings us to the last point. The last example, and that is the Gemara we mentioned about Hidur Mitzvah. Once again, we saw Hidur Mitzvah, the Allah is, is it's until, on first line he has to add an extra third when it comes to Hidur Mitzvah. And that third, he doesn't get paid back for. That's his obligation. 
more than a third a person isn't obligated to do. And the Gemara says, nevertheless, if he does do, more than the third that Hashem pays for. What's the reason for that? So really, there are different explanations in the Gemara. The way we're learning is like Rashi. And Rashi says, Hashem pays for, Hashem returns him the money that he spent. So let me explain first with the story, well-known story of the Vilna God. The Vilna God lived in, as you know, Vilna, which is fairly the very far north of Europe. And uh, it's a very cold climate, and another place where any of the Arab Armenian would naturally grow. The Arab Armenian were all the fruits or the trees of Eretz Yisrael, which grow in a warmer, wetter climate, and not in the the very cold freezing temperatures of North Europe. Which means that every year the Yidden of Northern Europe had great difficulty in obtaining a kosher set of Arabia because there wasn't good transport in those days and to uh, wouldn't grow locally so really for months in advance people had to journey by foot or by horseback, whatever it would be, by sled to bring the Arabia from where they grow to these far-flung communities. And of course, in such a passage of time, we very often become old, and very often become puzzled. And that's why you find a lot of discussion in the post-game about situations where a whole city had only one Zerabimim. Or people who would keep their little Vanessa from year to year to year because they couldn't guarantee that next year they would find another one. But the Vilna God, obviously, was Macbeth, that he wanted to use a good costume of a set of Arabimim. And every year, a few weeks before Sukkot, his Gaboy Mustamidim would go out and search is there anyone in Vilna who has a beautiful set of Arabimim that the God would be able to make a bracha on. One year, it was a very cold year, and the Gaboy went and they looked and they, in Vilna they couldn't find a single set of a kosher Arabimim. The snow had been too deep, the roads had been impassable, no one had been able to make the journey from Eretz Yisrael to Vilna with the kosher set of Arabimim. So they look further afield, they look in the villages, the towns around Vilna, there's still no luck. And they can see how disappointed the Vilna going is that they haven't yet found the kosher set of Arabimim. Until Erev Yom Tov, they went even further afield, and one of these messengers, a few hours before Yom Tov, he found a Jew in some town who had somehow arrived, and he had with him a set of Arabimim. The agent lost no time, he goes over and says, please, I would love you to come to Vilna for Yom Tov. That way the Vilna God will be able to make a bracha on your And the man wasn't so keen to pack up and travel to Vilna near Yom Tov. And he, would, he wanted to stay where he was. So he tells, he tells the man that he doesn't want to, he'd rather stay where he is in this village. And he's not interested in driving to Vilna. The Vilna Gaon Shleach sees the Kosher of Arabimim, he's not about to let the opportunity pass. So he says, please, what would, you, what would make it worthwhile for you? How much do you would you ask for? To come to Vilna for Yom Tov so that the Vilna Gaon will be able to make a broken Arabimim. The man thinks about it, he says, you know what I'll do it for? He says, if the, the, the Sechar in Shemayim, the merit in, in heaven that the Vilna Gaon is going to get for making a bracha on Arabimim, obviously with all the fervor and the concentration and the understanding of the Vilna God. I'm willing to come to Vilna to let him use massive Arab Arabimidium 
if he's going to promise me that all that reward comes to me. There wasn't enough time for the messenger to go back to Vilna to ask the Vilna God and come back and inform this person before Yom Tov. So the messenger decided, here's the chance I have to bring home a million, I'm not going to give it up. And he tells the messenger, okay, it's a deal. You'll get the reward of the Vilna God's medicine. Okay, man packs his bags and together they travel back to Vilna. They arrive in Vilna and the messenger, the agent, hurries straight to the door of the Vilna God. He finds him inside very worried, very concerned that he's not going to find out a million that year. And the messenger breaks in and says, Rebbe, I have wonderful news for you. What's wonderful news? Baruch Hashem, I found somebody who has a kosher set of Avaminim. He agreed to come back to Vilna with me, and tomorrow morning he'll have a kosher set of Avaminim to make the bracha. And the Vilna God is absolutely overjoyed. And the Shleich Avaminim, he matches up the courage, and he says to him, Rebbe, I have to tell you something, it isn't such good news. What's that? So he says, the only way I could convince this man to come to Vilna was by agreeing to his demand that all the reward in Shemaim for the mitzvah that you're going to get to do tomorrow, taking Avraminim, is going to go to him. And he's expecting maybe the, the Quran to be disappointed, angry, but not. The Vilna God looked even happy before, he says, wonderful, wonderful, of course. 100% I agree. And then he saw that the mate, the, his agent looked a little bit surprised. He says, I'll tell you. He says, very often when I do a mitzvah, one wants to feel one's doing a mitzvah nishma, with no alternative motivation. But one knows one's getting reward for mitzvahs. And therefore, somewhere in the back of one's mind, there's always that feeling that that's not completely nishma because I'm being going to be rewarded for this as well. He said, but here are opportunities to do a mitzvah, and I've already agreed up front that I'm going to be getting no reward for this mitzvah. So then it's the mitzvah which I'm doing completely nishma. It's not for me at all, it's only for Hashem. So of course I'm celebrating with that opportunity. Now, that's a beautiful story. We learn from your report. And that is, there's a value to a mitzvah which a person is doing only for Hashem. It's not because he needs it, it's not for him at all, it's for Hashem. And that's the din Rabbi said. Uh, when a person is trying to do a hidden mitzvah, person wants to invest in a mitzvah even more than a third. The Torah only obligates you to give a third extra. If a person is doing that, he's doing what he has to do. I mean, he'll order for it. That's what he's expected of him. If a person gives more than a third, that was not the halakh required. There's no guarantee of reward for a mitzvah because you weren't mitzvah. You weren't obligated to do that. And if that's the case, why would a person spend more than a third? This is not the Torah obligated him. And the answer is, he's doing it because he's saying, Akadish Baruch I'm doing this because I want the mitzvah to be beautiful. Not because I'm being rewarded for making it beautiful, but because it's an expression of Avas Hashem. I'm doing this just for you. And that the Gemara tells us, that what a person does just for Hashem, it's also in the category of those things that Hashem says, you're doing for me, I'm not going to remain indebted, I'm going to pay you back. What a person does for themselves, that's their reward. What a person does for Hashem, that Hashem pays back even in this world. And that's why this mitzvah, this din of Hidur mitzvah, is also in that category of mitzvahs, 
that I'll get paid back in this world, this um, expense gets paid back in this world, besides obviously the rewards that waits for a person in the world to come. The principle is, what a person does for themselves, Hashem rewards, and everything they do is accrues to their accounts, to their merit in Shemai. But what a person does for Hashem, either he's doing Hashem's job, or he's doing this as an expression of his Abbas Hashem, according to what Hashem learns the Gemara, that's something which HaKadosh Baruch says you're doing for me, it's not a question of reward. I'm going to pay back, with, so to speak, those people I owe, and that happens right away. And the beauty of the mitzvah, that a person gains twice. Of course, they have to outlay. They have to be willing to lend, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch by giving stocker, by paying for his children's Torah education, by spending money on Shabbos and Yom Tov. By doing this in the best possible way. But if the feeling is, Akadish Baruch, this is your job that I'm doing, so that a person gains the reward in Ayla Mabah, as well as the guarantee of being paid back in Ayla Mazah.